You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Two old first into the lane, trying hard in second spot down the outside with a good burst as Honolua Bay and getting out a spirit of St. Louis. Captain ravishing the deepest, it's catch a wave, the leader. Here come the chasers, spirit of St. Louis and also Honolua Bay, but packing plenty of power. It's catch a wave, the four-year-old, 75 to go and it's going to win it. It's catch a wave. Catch a wave. It's a wipeout for favourite back as is beaten either Spirit of St. Louis or on the outside on Alua Bay and they were lined up for first four places. Yeah, catch a wave. An absolute speedster, as we know, with a wonderful record. 17 wins from 22 starts. And Chris Barsby, uh, good morning to you. But that was an interesting night because when you go back and look at the results through that meeting, the horse that won the first race on Miracle Mile Night, and I'm talking about the 4th of March, was Better Zip It, who won the big Nullarbor in the mm. West last weekend. Yeah, it's always good going back, uh, looking at uh, race results, so just to see who was about. But, uh, yeah, that was a good one, Better Zip It, taking the first race. But all honours that night were with Catch a Wave, doing the big double, the Chariots of Fire and the Miracle Mile. The big question is, Steve, what is the latest with Catch Your Wave? We know the next big target is the Tab Eureka coming up in the first weekend in September, but I am led to believe that he has returned to work this week. The man that puts the polish on Catch Your Wave joins us first up this morning, Andy Gav. Andy, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Is the mail right? Has he returned to work this week? Yeah, no, actually, he returned to work last week. I picked him up uh, last Thursday from Port Ferry from the Matthews property, and, yeah, in great order, so um, yeah, it's great to have him back in work. So, did it do as well as what you expected or hoped uh, following the Miracle Mile campaign? Yeah, he done really well. He sort of put on more weight again, and probably um, yeah, looks a bigger horse again. He's always been quite a imposing horse, when, especially when you stand next to him. So, um, yeah, he, he's a ball of muscle. He done really well, and um, yeah, you know, fortunate that he's come back in such great order. Okay, so the Eureka's the big target. That's in September. We're at the end of April now. What's the short-term target, Andy? Yeah, probably nothing. We'll probably just take our time. We've got plenty of time up our sleeves. Um, so we'll just sort of see. Um, there's probably We'll just look for some lead-up races, but mainly Eureka. I'm not sure what lead-up races there are for him. Obviously, um, it'll just probably be three, four races at Melton. So, um, yeah, So, but the target is the Eureka in September. There's a nice lead-up race here in Queensland in probably early July, uh, the Rising Sun. Would that fit into his schedule? No, it's probably a little bit too early for me, I'd say. And, um, yeah, as much as um, you'd like to travel with the horse, but it um, won't be this year. Hopefully uh, next year we can get him up there. Yeah. But the Eureka, in all, in all seriousness, it has been the, the, the primary focus for some time now. Yeah, it has. Um, you know, we're fortunate enough to get a slot pretty early that, you know, we sort of knew November that... Kadena um, Racing Syndicate, you know, will be on board with us, even though it got announced later. So we always knew that we're going to be part of the race. And obviously, um, you know, racing and winning the chariots and the Miracle Mile was sort of a bit of bonus on the way through. So, um, you know, to get a $2.1 million race, um, you know, it's the biggest race in, in the world the Harness Racing's ever had. So 
opportunity to have a horse racing now that's always sort of been the target for him. Andy, just back to the Miracle Mile, just watching the start again. Um, were you surprised uh, how quickly you got the top? Obviously, Spirit of St. Louis was on your inside and you had Mac Dan out outside you. Take us through those early metres in that big race back that we just replayed. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, before any big race, Kate and I, we, we go through every different scenario that we can and, you know, it just makes it easier for make it a split-second decision if, if things that has already been through ahead. And one of the ones we didn't discuss was, he, will, will he be in front? Because we thought Spirit of St. Louis would probably lead and probably hold the lead. Um, but, you know, the last thing I said to her before she went out on the track, I said, oh, just have a crack for the lead and see if it is actually there. But um, you never get overconfident. But when he, when he did find the lead, I, I was pretty confident that he's going to be pretty hard to beat, especially when that second quarter got slacken off to about a 29-2. So, um Again, um, yeah, 26-5, I think, the first quarter, you know, wasn't gifted to him. It was still quick enough, but still um, being able to back it off, it sort of helped, you know, win that race. I, I want to go back to the rising sun. We know you're not coming to Queensland with Catch Away. I'll talk more about a few others and see if there is a chance that uh, Andy and Kay Gaff will be in Queensland later this year. But in all seriousness, though, and looking at the Eureka, how keen are you to see Leap to Fame back in racing action? Oh, definitely. He's a great horse, and even though he's going to be great competition for us, uh, us as participants and, you know, harness racing lovers, we love watching the great horses race, and uh, Leap to Fame is as good as, you know, to win all those derbies that he did, and, yeah, looking forward to seeing him come back, and, um, you know, he's such a great horse and, you know, great stable. Um, you know, he's going to be great competition for us going forward and hopefully we have plenty of great clashes going for, forward, as you know. But, um, again, no, no, definitely looking forward to him and see how he comes back. He, he's such a strong horse. He's very powerful. Um, he raced in the Rising Sun last year when he was only a three-year-old and finished off really good against quality opposition. So, um, yeah, no, looking forward to it like I think everyone in Harness Racing to see him back at the races. You're a good form student. Tell me this. Is he the one that you're most concerned about is there is is there something else out there that uh you know could be a bit of a smoking for the eureka oh no he's definitely the one um yeah i just you know i was fortunate enough to see him down here in victorian race and saw how good he was he can just sustain speed and he's got such a great will to win and again you think he'd be better again they gave him a good spell and looked after him after a tough three-year-old campaign so um yeah no he's definitely the one that um you know it's going to be the hardest to beat i'd say Okay, so your guy's back in work. So how long or what what time frame will we looking before he's uh, he's back in racing action? Catch a wave. Yeah, probably um, towards the end of July, probably early August, I'd say. So um, yeah, so that's the plan. Um, again, we'll just sort of take our time with him. We've got plenty of time up our sleeves, but still, things can go wrong. You catch a cold, especially down here in Melbourne, or we get a foot abscess, or or something that can sort of set you back a little bit. But all going equal and plane sailing, um, you know, probably end of July, early August, he'd be back at the races. Okay, so ideally, how many runs are you hoping to get before you go to Sydney for the Eureka? Yeah, probably two runs would be ideal. Uh, you know, one of them would be a trial, then two runs, I'd say, would be perfect for him. So, um, you know, if that scenario can happen, um, you know, that, that would be ideal. Okay, well, that's catch away. That's good news. Uh, disappointing news coming through from your stable regarding one of your best trotters, if not your best trotter in Majestuoso. Is he going to be out of action for a little while? Yeah, he has. He's got a little, um, quite a significant injury that, um, you know, he's still sound at everything, but it's sort of the bottom of his suspensory branching sort of developed a little tear in it. But 
still need a fair bit of time to um, heal, so um, probably won't see him until after Christmas, I'd say, back at the races or early January. So um, sort of unfortunate. Um, you know, he's done such a great job for us. and But again, um, you know, he'll be able to bounce back from that injury, no problem, just, just with the time off. Okay. Now, tell me this. Did you recently clean out the stables of Tony Hurley in Auckland? Because uh, I'm told that there's been a spending spree and many have come from that stable. So did you leave him with anything? Uh, I did leave him with a couple. Obviously, you've got a couple of nice shots there, both for brands, hopefully back in work and double delight. But again, you know, he did have three rock up all from the same place. And it's funny, they all rocked up the other day and Kate said, geez, all these horses, I hate being away from each other. I said, well, they're all stable, mate. They're all on the same place. So, so, yeah, it's just one of those things that happen. Um, yeah, Norm Jagan bought, bought two and uh, Michael Boots uh, bought me another one. So, uh, yeah, so um, I'm sure Tony's got there plenty to work with still. Okay. So just going through them, you picked up Seti, who's a really nice three-year-old. Is he Vic Bread eligible being by Vincent? Yeah, we're trying to work that out. He should be able to, I'd say, being by Vincent. So um, hopefully um, he is and, you know, he can race in the Vic Bread races. So, yeah, he was a really nice two-year-old uh, last season and had great form around Merlin. Um, probably hasn't come back quite as good as a three-year-old, but I still think he's got plenty to offer as a horse. So um, hopefully... Um, if he can re- regain his best form, he's a horse that can sort of head up to Queensland for the derby. Well, I was going to say, if he can weave some magic, he could be an ideal Queensland derby candidate. What about the Muscle Hill Trotter Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, we've got some new trotting features up here, so could he squeeze into some of those features? Yeah, it's a mare, actually. Uh, Chris, uh, <laughs> that's right. But, uh, yeah, no, no, she's um, she probably out of the three foot, just a little bit light on and, yeah, just trying to get a bit of weight on her. Uh, but, yeah, she sort of worked okay today. So her best is quite good. Another one that was probably just a little bit out of form when we bought her. So, uh, again, we'll just sort of see how she comes to hand. But, um, you know, always plenty of options up there for Queensland for for all, all type of horses. All right. And what about Melanion, the other one that you picked up? Uh, any sort of goals for him? Uh, probably not. He'll probably just go straight to Melton Metro Racing. Um, uh, quite like him. He, he worked really good today. So, um, yeah, he probably... He's probably, of the three, he's probably the one that's ready to go first. So, um, yeah, I think he'd be very competitive in Metro races at Melton, uh, you know, from the word go. Yeah, all right. Now, speaking of the carnival up here, um, what are you sort of starting to look at within your team that could be a, a Queensland winter carnival contender? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, there's plenty of options. Uh, he, he was a little bit disappointing, his second run for me, but... I, horse called Magnetic Terror. I think he's quite a good horse and, um, you know, he's sort of be back at the races in a couple of weeks. He's just had a bit of a cold. He's been fighting off. So uh, if he can sort of step up, he's probably one that could head up that way. Uh, just a bit touchy. She's full now. She's back in work. I think um, she didn't have a lot of things go right with her when we got her, and especially in the big races. But I think she can sort of step up and match it in those, in the trot races up there. And obviously, uh, uh, Sevy, if he can step up as well and, uh, for the derby, so um, I did tell Norman if he buys him, I'll take him up there for the derby if he's going well at the time, so they're probably the three at this stage you know, Tango Taro, he's probably getting on a little bit and he's got a few little issues so probably wouldn't travel with him And um, so yeah, they're probably the three at this stage Okay, have you had any contact from uh, any officials up here just finding out if you're keen to get to Queensland? Yeah, no, Bricky's always in touch and asking where they're at or whatever. So, um, yeah, he spent a bit of time down. <laughs> I ran into him at 
in Sydney for Miracle Mile, and he's down here in Melbourne recently as, as well, you know, checking out our stable and complex. So, um, yeah, no, Ricky's always in touch, seeing what's happening. Okay, all right. Well, it's good to hear that uh, things are on uh, on target for Queensland. Last time you were here campaigning, you picked up a great one. Was that burn a hole in my pocket? Yeah, it was, actually. So, yeah, no, it's been a while, and, um, yeah, yeah, it's always good to get up there, especially for us uh, down here, down south, for our cold winters. So, uh, hopefully... Um, you know, at least get one or maybe two or three up there this year. We know Kate's a keen runner and she competes in marathons. I have looked into the calendar. The Gold Coast Marathon's in July, so that might just tie in nicely. Yeah, no, definitely. She's already uh, booked to, rate, to run in that. She ran a half marathon at Geelong uh, on Sunday, I think. So, um, yeah. So, um, How'd she go? Yeah, uh, she went pretty good. I think she, um, yeah, she went about five minutes quicker than what she thought she would go. So, um, Hopefully, um, yeah, no, she's really on track um, for the next marathon. She's keen to run another one. Don't know why, but she's... It's been incredible, her energy levels. Like, she, obviously, she'd, she'd be yeah. up early with the horses and stuff, and then there'd be training for doing that as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, again, our, our job can be long nights as well, mm. too, and always early morning. So, um, yeah, she does a good job to fit it in. So how much training goes into those marathons? Because there'd, there'd be... a you know, a fair chunk of time each day that you'd have to do something, wouldn't there? Yes. Um, Sunday's her main training day. I think she runs 20Ks on Sunday. Then uh, Tuesday, she sort of does sprint work. She goes down to the local athlete track here in, in, in Melton and sort of got to, got to run heats and sprints and everything. Then I think Thursday, she's got to find a hill and run up hills and everything. So she has an online trainer, um, you know, which, which helps us. But, um, yeah, I think then some days she's just on the exercise bike or whatever. So, um, you know, it's full on. I think there's only one day off a week that, that she doesn't train. So, it's you know, it's six days a week. I was just going to say, just on the days that she is race driving, does she get there early and just jog the track just to make sure she's got that, well, A, to get her fitness up, and B, she can find out the track uh, how it's going to play? <laughs> no, yeah, she doesn't run around the track, but there's plenty of times that um, if there's a big gap between races, she'll, she'll go for a run somewhere and, yeah, and, you know, bring a gear and, you know, find a running track somewhere. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, she hasn't been around the track yet. She probably, <laughs> yeah, she'd probably be worried about too, too many people picking on her for doing it, I'd say. <laughs> as, as silly as that sounds, there's a lot of drivers up here, and I know Natalie Ratsmussen used to do it when she was uh, driving up here. If she had a gap, uh, a fairly significant gap between races, she'd just go running along the Brisbane River there uh, at uh, Hamilton there, so... Had to just kill a bit of time and get the fitness uh, levels up. So there you go. So, well, we look forward to seeing uh, you guys up here in Queensland in July and uh, we'll wish Kate all the best for that Gold Coast Marathon. I appreciate the update with the Stable Stars and uh, we'll see you up here soon. No, thanks a lot. See you guys. There's Andy Gaff joining us from Melbourne. So catch your way back in work, aiming towards the Eureka. So probably, uh, what did he say, late July, early August, his return, hoping for two runs before the Eureka. And then uh, he's still got quite a few for our carnival up here, Steve. But Sevy's a good pickup, a nice three-year-old from the stables of Tony Hurley. Just trying to think of that good horse that you you really like. Um, was with the Emma Stewart and Clayton is back to the original trainer. Um, what's the name? Captain something. Mm, uh, anyway, no, you got me, Steve. Anyway. Hass has just let us know, uh, re-captain Ravishing, he's back in work. Program has been locked in. He's going to have two runs at Menangle and then go third up into the Eureka. That's the latest with Captain Ravishing, Chris. Okay. Okay.
There's one horse that I'm keen to get uh, a report card on from last Saturday night. He was first up. He came across from New Zealand with a, uh, you know, a, a big reputation. He's a good horse. There's no question about it. He was beaten, but far from disgrace. But I want to get the, uh, the the report card from his trainer, Jack Butler. And he's about to join us now because I'm talking about hot and treacherous. Jack's online with us now. Jack, good morning. Morning, Chris. What did the report card say last week? Yeah, no, a little wrap. Um, the race sort of panned out how we thought it was going to be, and it was always going to be tough that way. Um, turning up, you know, you can run a, a very slick mile, and um, so we walked away very happy. You know, he hadn't had a run for nearly five months, and um, to go straight into an open class like that against them sort of horses, um, yeah, we were wrapped. You know, there was still a lot of nice horses behind us too. So, um, yeah, to, to um, you know, come out, sit, you know, he was three and four wide around the first turn, and, and, um, done a lot of work early and you know still his own sectionals I think it's 26 eight himself outside the leader so uh, we both made really happy mate well that's that's really pleasing because I was just hoping that you weren't disappointed that he didn't you know really test turn it up given everything that was put in front of him as you said first up in five months he had to park outside a race fit horse that's very very fast and capable of running quick sectionals so how did he come through it yeah, brilliant. He, um, yeah, he put him out in the paddock on Sunday. We did, and um, he was having a good buck and play around. He, you know, he licked the bin out, and um, no, he's, he's got a, you know, a natural improvement, you know, from where he, from where he's got to be. But um, no, we, we were wrapped with the way he's pulled up, and um, yeah, you know, didn't get the best draw on Saturday night. But uh, you know, at least we can just drive him one run and um, see how we see how he goes that way. Yeah, well, that, that was the other good thing that I took from last week, the fact that he's on a seven-day backup. And, and this is a significant class drop for him as well. Like, as you outlined, he's got that tricky draw inside of the second row, but this is a, a quantum class drop. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we spoke about it before. You know, he's, he's only a band three, so he can sort of come through and get his fitness through with that as well. Um, you know, it's just a shame that, you know, last week he had to take on the big boys, but I suppose that's, that's where he's at. But... Um, yeah, look, you know, not the best of draws, but, you know, you'll only need a, an ounce of luck and they'll know he's there for sure. Do you think he's the type of horse that will be better coming off cover? Like, it, it's a opportunity here on Saturday night which could easily present where he could just be safe for one run and he could be lethal off a helmet. Yeah, well, he, he works like that here at home. So, um, you know, you, you pull him out and he just really knuckles in and has a crack. So... I, I'm looking forward to it, actually, Chris, to see how he does come off a helmet. And, um, you know, we're, we're still learning about him ourselves. But, um, yeah, he, he, I, I can't see why he can't. And, um, you know, like he, he's, he's shown he can run quick sectionals. So, you know, hopefully there's a bit of pace on and, and we can get the splits at the right time and so we can we can see what he can do off a helmet. Mm. And if he is able to, to win that race on Saturday night, just for his confidence, uh, do you think that'll be a a, a great thing for him? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, you know, any horse that's the winning form, you know, gives them gives them a lot of confidence, and uh, I'm sure it'll do him the world of good for sure, definitely. Okay, so it's now late April. The big races roll around. Well, we start in in June. Would you look at a race like the Reckless Cup with him? Um, I've seen a couple of his stand starts over in New Zealand. Weren't real great, so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I might um. Yeah, I might just sort of sneak him into a trial one day and just give him a stand and just see. But, yeah, of course, you know, if he, if he could step away and things like that, yeah, you're definitely on the radar for sure. Just on that, Jack, you're saying he wasn't the best in New Zealand. How do you sort of, you know, saying you wanted to sort of prepare him for a race off a stand, how would you go about doing that just to try and get him focused on stepping? 
Um, definitely a lot of um, work here at home. Um, just make up our own tapes and um, and getting going through it that way. And then, yeah, of course, you know, obviously going in and giving him a trial at Albion and in a, in a stand and start and just sort of see how he handled it. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's the star pacer in the stable, the star trotter in the stable. She's really hit her straps now. Adele, are you really pleased with the way she's going about her business right now? Yeah, um, you know, as I've said before, I, I've never had a trotter as good as her, and um, it's just I'm glad she's showing it on the track now. So, um, no, she's a beautiful mare, and uh, just seems to be getting better every time. She's relaxing more and more, and um, and just yeah, she's um, yeah, we're really, really wrapped with her actually, really wrapped. Okay, so still plenty of upside to come. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I really think so. She's um, yeah, she's just getting better all the time, even with her manners, and um, she seems really happy here and. Uh, She's um, settled in beautiful, and yeah, she's just you know she's a happy horse at the moment. We can keep her that way. I'm sure she'll just keep stepping up. Okay. Does she race next week? Yeah, yeah. I elected to miss this week, and um, there's a good mobile race, mobile trot next week for her. And um, yeah, just thought we'd go that way and yeah, see how we go. Okay. The other big gun in your stable is Danger Zone. Now he stepped out of the trials on Monday. You probably were a little, yeah up and down about what happened there because a horse got a little rough and he got decked as a result. So it was inconclusive, but he's come through it okay? Yeah, no, he's really good, mate. Um, it's sort of not the way you want to start your campaign, but, um, you know, these things happen. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, main thing is he's good and, um, you know, he pulled up terrific and he'll have another trial or two yet. And, um, yeah, but I couldn't be happy with him here at home. He's um, he's really bulked up. He's a nice, big, strong-looking horse now. And, yeah, just hopefully um, he can step up to the plate. You know, like you know, he's got to too. Just after seeing Shannon's horse go on Saturday night, that was uh, mind blowing. That was what he done. So and then, yeah, so we, we've got to step up too, of course. And um, yeah, just you know, he's heading in the right direction anyway, Chris. Yeah, it, it is shaping to be a really exciting race now, the Hayden, isn't it? Uh, following that victory of Speak the Truth, so your guys there, Captain Shuffles was in that trial and he copped some interference as well. So it's starting to take shape. There's some likely types up and about. Yeah, it should be um, should be a, a brilliant race. And, um, you know, I, hope, I just hope my fella can be there for it. And, uh, yeah, I can't see why he won't be. But, you know, we've still got a bit of water to go under the bridge yet. But, um, like I said, we're, we're really happy with him. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great race. The other thing that you touched on just before there with Danger Zone, and I know you've mentioned it previously too, is he's always been big and lanky. But looking at him on, on Monday at the trials, he has sort of filled into that frame. He does look bigger now. Yeah, definitely. He's. Um, I wish I, I don't have scales, but I wish I did. I'd love to weigh him as from a three-year-old to a four-year-old because um, I think it'd be a, a big, significant uh, rise in weight for him. He's. Um, you're right. He, he's just um, he's holding his weight so well now, and um, yeah, as you said, he's sealed into that big frame that that he's got, and um, yeah, just hopefully that can sort of strengthen him up a bit more, and and, and yeah, going forward, hopefully he can do a good job. Okay. One other one that I wanted to ask about from your stable, Jack Lou's Dreamer, a former Kiwi. He's had three starts here, three wins. He's only had the four starts. He was placed uh, over in New Zealand before coming to your stable. How do you rate this guy? Could he be a potential Derby prospect? Um, that, that's what we brought him for. Um, he's sort of he's still very green. The penny hasn't dropped with him yet. He's um, a bit stop starty and uh, and that. But um, I mean, you can't fault what he's done. I know he's probably not racing great opposition either at the moment. But um, 
I've got a lot of time for him. I, I think once the penny does drop with him, yeah, you know, I, I think he could be a, a above average sort of horse for sure because he works really well here at home, uh, like a nice horse. And um, he's just not switched on at the races yet. He's, uh, as I said, he, he sort of one minute he's on the bit, he's off the bit, and then he led there the other day, and he all he want to do is wait for him and and things like that. But um, yeah, I think he can can measure up hopefully. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting horse because, as you said, and it's a, a good point you raised, that he is a little bit stop-start. He, he produced brilliant sectionals in one of those victories. And then on Tuesday when he won, at the top of the straight, he looked like he was just sort of labouring. And then as soon as he balanced, he got going and picked them up, no problem. So, but uh, he's got a motor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's just, like I said, the uh, penny just got to drop with him at the moment. But um, once it does, I think he could, um, yeah, as I said, he can, he can be above average for sure. All right. Well, plenty to look forward to. Fingers crossed, hot and treacherous steps out and gets that victory on Saturday night. Appreciate the time, and we'll see you trackside, Jack. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. Jack Butler, the leading trainer in Queensland. He took out the title last year, Steve, and uh, the good form continues. He's got a, a number of key runners uh, over the, the coming weeks and months, and that's good because we're building up to our carnival. So the home state will be well represented. Question I've got for Matty Young is... I've got a thousand for Matty Young. Yeah, he'd be fired up. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Does he win morning, if he Matt. comes out three deep? Is the question. No. Does he win if he actually goes forward before better zip it and gets the lead? Um, maybe, but I I think like the general consensus over here in WA was that he. We didn't expect Spirit of St. Louis to hand up at that point of the race, I guess. So, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, um, yeah, I I did think he probably should have gone before Better Zip It, in my eyes, to get the 1-1. But, um, yeah, he would have been, le been left in the breeze, most likely, or possibly find the top. So, yeah, there's a few, there's a few um, flip of the coin moments. Um, sliding door moments there in that race and um, unfortunately for punters of Magnificent Storm he, he never saw daylight mm. Are you surprised the driver's been sacked? Um, no I'm not I, uh, as a person who's a part of the industry um, and has grown up with family in the industry and seen how painful it can be for uh, drivers to be sacked and uh, the criticisms, especially in recent years on social media. I, I really feel for Eldo and that he has to go through this. Um, there was a story in the Sunday Times over here in the West, which was very pointed. Um, there was nothing about better zip it, but there was a story about Eldo going to lose the drive, which I thought was incredibly harsh. So, I don't know, I have a bit more empathy for Eldo and I really do feel for him and I, I don't really like the social media pile-on. I think it's been... I think if you're the slot holders and or owners of the horse, then you have a right to have your say. But uh, for everyone else, I know that you can have your opinions, but I think some, some opinions that I have read have been very nasty and uh, I'm actually quite disappointed in a lot of people. Okay. Now, he's going to start in the Narragin Cup. Uh, does he win that race this weekend? Probably. Um, he probably does win the Narragin Cup. He's uh, He's got the ability to 
most likely run to the top or he could probably sit in the breeze in that race and be able to win Hampton Banner as the most likely leader and over the 2,600 metres, I think Magnificent Storm should get the job done. Okay. Now, I raised this yesterday when we're on air. You would like to see Racing Queensland sort of just reach out. Magnificent Storm Connections have put it on record saying that Queensland is an option, the Winter Carnival. Uh, I, I sent a text message to your brother last week about wonderful to fly. He said, we're focused on the APG, which is fair enough. And then we'll, you know, sit down and, and work out a plan. But if they could get both over, maybe it just makes the costs a, a little bit uh, cheaper for everyone. Yeah, I know. I spoke to Shane yesterday. I went to the trots with him uh, to Bunbury and he was he's very interested in going to Queensland and uh, ultimately he would like to go to the Eureka if he could get a start in that. Um, but yeah, he's 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 quite interested in uh, having a, another couple of runs here in the West and then potentially looking at uh, the logis- or he's looking at the logistics behind trying to get her over to Queensland and um, he would love an invitation and of course trying to get down to Sydney if he can get a start in the Eureka as well so um, he does want to travel with her he's willing to travel with her he just needs to uh, go over the everything work out the logistics behind everything and then from there he'll he'll be able to make those decisions so um, it's it's yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Magnificent Storm, I think they've, they've reached the part of their career with him where they'd be willing to travel because, um, I mean, why not at this point? He's he's a horse with plenty of ability and um, he can go east and it could could really make him and define him as an even better horse in 12 months' time, looking back on it. So I think both those horses that you mentioned, Chris, are at sort of pivotal parts of their career where... It looks like the the time is right for for the travel aspect. Okay, well we'll keep the fingers crossed there. Are you calling Pinjarra trials later today? Yes, I am. Are you excited? Yes, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Some very nice horses uh, stepping nice out field. there today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really looking forward to Never Ending returning, as well as uh, Shockwave, who he's uh, the one I'm, I'm most Looking forward to seeing. Uh, just, I love Shockwave. I think he's one of the, he was one of the brightest stars in the sport, and I would love to see him come back and show his best because he'll be very exciting. Well, can you believe it's been, well, July two thousand and twenty-one. That was the last time he raced. Yeah, he's, he's had a lot of issues. Um, he broke down and then uh, he had he had surgery um, with uh, with an issue which was then to try and fix it which it was um, sort of elective they made the decision to uh, go with this surgery which was going to fix a problem that he's had since he was a two-year-old and then it's just been a slow burn to get him back and I think there was an idea that they might try and rush him to get him back for the Nullarbor, but then uh, they may have had a couple of hiccups along the way, which just set them back a couple of weeks. And then in the grand scheme of things, he probably would have needed about a month of month to six weeks of racing uh, to really bring him back up to his top. So they elected to uh, miss the Nullarbor, and 
now we see him back and hopefully they get the reward for uh, some patience and persistency with this horse. So he's so talented. I just hope we get to see the best version of him back. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the uh, reigning Australian two-year-old of the year is concerned, never-ending. He's unbeaten six for six last our Group 1 winner, taking the Golden Slipper. Um, it's just great to have him back because he's got it all in front of him. Absolutely, with the derby coming up as well. And look, he's going to be a, um, a horse. It's always fascinating to see how they come back from two to three, uh, the the elevation and how much they can improve. And um, yeah, so that's that's always my favourite part to see is as the best two-year-old in the state from last season, does he improve as much as some of the other three-year-olds have already improved? And uh, they're trying to catch up to him. But if he continues to improve like he was as a two-year-old, then can they get near him? So it's, uh, there are a lot of questions, but uh, he's already done a massive job as a two-year-old and he's got to come back as a three-year-old and try and defend his crown. Okay, well, that's all uh, later this afternoon at Pinjarra. We've got 10 races tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. We've got some APG Gold Bullion features as well. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, look, uh, best bet, I'm going to start nice and early race one, number three, faster than Dad. I think uh, he's found a really suitable race, and he's going well, and this is uh, a really good race for him. His last effort was strong. He just wasn't and didn't end up being one to suit, and he was pushed off the track. But still performed really well, and his first up run was really good. So I think this is a perfect race for him. I think he can get the job done. So race one, number three, faster than Dad's my best. Okay, so we do strike early, race one, number three. Anything else stand out for that program tomorrow night? Uh, I'm liking uh, the 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 side of Star Laver, of course. He's um, he's a half-brother to Laver Joe. He didn't win as a two-year-old. He was um, a consistent... Or he had four starts and he was placed, I think, once or twice. Actually, he only had three starts. He was placed once. And then he's come back to this preparation for two wins in a second. He's beaten on the Black Flash. His last start was really good from the breeze. And uh, he's he's a pretty smart horse. So he's come back really well. He's drawn gate two, and it should be a really competitive race for him. But uh, he was a high price yielding at the sale, and we're just starting to see him really uh, put his best to hook forward. And uh, as a three-year-old, he looks like he's going to be able to make his money back pretty comfortably because... He's going to win some serious races and he looks like a horse who's going to really thrive over the 2,500 metres heading toward the derby. Okay, well, that's Star Lavra and the best bet is race one, number three, faster than that. Uh, Faster than that. Just in wrapping up, uh, your overall view of uh, a big uh, trilogy weekend with the uh, other three codes. Yeah, it was good. Um, There's definitely a few... Things that could be ironed out for next time. I don't think they'll run the dogs and the trots on the same night. Uh, we did an outside broadcast and the tab radio, and it was it was very uh, congested, um, trying to cover both of those marquee events and with interviews and everything like that. So, um, from my point of view, I think they need to have their own night so they can um, shine as best they possibly can. So I thought. Uh, I thought the three fields were really good fields. I love the representation of the eastern states here in the west, and uh, both Jack Callaghan and Cam Hart were outstanding with their drives, and 
it was great to see them take the race by the scruff of the neck, the pair of them, and and do something about their respective draws and, and make the race there. So it's good for the aspect that in 12 months' time, if we run the Nullarbor again, which looks likely, it's um, going to be going to be well attended by people from the eastern states. So they'd, they'd be pretty happy, I would say, coming across to WA, knowing that they can win over here and. The more Eastern States horses we get here, Chris, makes for better racing, as you know, with the Winter Carnival in Queensland. It's just great to see the best horses racing each other and you put the money on, on the line and they will come. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it again. I think they'll iron out a few of those little issues and uh, the quacker on Saturday was unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a great week of uh, racing here in WA. Uh, richest richest race meeting for the thoroughbreds ever in WA and it was just uh, wonderful to see uh, the participation of the crowds at all three codes. Yeah, we got to see a genuine star reputation enhanced through a defeat in Amelia's Jewel. So where would you put the Greyhounds then? Um, I'd probably put them on a Thursday night. Um, it was, uh, that's how I would see it or or the only other way I could see it was that them have their traditional time slot is after the quacker on the Saturday night. So Gloucester Park would be Friday as normally Ascot would be Saturday and Cannington could be Saturday night. The problem the trots had is uh, with the dogs is they were 45 minutes or 50 minutes apart. It takes 25 minutes to get to Cannington. So it's really tight squeeze for people who... Um, we're trying to get to both, and it just becomes a bit of a nightmare. So I think if you if they were to have it on the same day as the gallops, at least it would be in the evening, and the the gallops would be during the day. So it's something they've got to look at if they want to go standalone days. It might be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or they could probably look at the Saturday night option with uh, Saturday day being the quacker. But uh, all those things will be probably being discussed as we speak. Mm. Do you think Australasia, you know, we should be more involved with New Zealand as well? Like we had the Grins, you know, the race by Grins on the same night as well. Chris, do you think that works or having the two big ones on the same night in Australasia? Well, it's, not, it's not ideal, but I don't think there was too many horses in either race that were going to cross pollute, so to speak. So, um, yeah, probably ideally you'd want them on different nights, but... I, I don't think any race lost anything by being on the same night. So I, I, I got no issue there. So, um, you know, they could probably tweak and make it a week apart. But uh, And I'm sure it won't probably happen next year. They'll, they'll be very mindful of that. So, but yeah, it was just one of those unfortunate little things. But I don't think it affected either race. Mm, okay. Okay. Did you get to Ascot on Saturday afternoon, Matt? Nope. No, I, um, I knocked off late on... Friday um, after doing all the work uh, at the track and I had to start early on Saturday morning so I was up at 3.30 in the morning to go to the studio and work uh, for a few hours on Saturday morning so I came home and I slept for a part of the day and then I actually went out and played poker with uh, Gary Hall Jr. that night. Who won? I took all his money and I'm terrible (laughs) at poker that was uh, that was the best thing. Have you got a poker face? Well, apparently I haven't got any tells, which um, I just quickly responded, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So 
Um, that's probably why I don't have any tells. You should play for his boat. Yeah, well, I think it's Senior's boat. Oh, he might it? claim it as his own. All right, but, fair uh, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's seniors, but, yeah, I'm not sure how it all operates behind the scenes there. Thanks. Thanks, Matty. Cheers, guys.